Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany is talking to me through Skype today. She actually was last week as well, but I failed to mention it because she's still in the moving process and has yet to set up her reliable internet and all that good stuff. And so we're cobbling together a weird technology thing to make this possible. So bear with us. So that's why she sounds a little bit more distant. Mm. She's still just as close to our hearts. She's just talking to us through Skype. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the big news of last week is earthquake in Italy and... I did tweet out that you were okay. Yes, I saw that. Thank you. Yes, people were wondering. I mean, we knew that nobody died in Rome, but people were wondering uh, where you were and what you were up to and if everything was all right. So I did send that out, but I figured we'd check in anyway and talk to you. Yeah. What was your personal experience with the earthquake? Yeah, very little. First of all, I've never felt an earthquake and I've lived through a couple of them and I've I've never felt one, even one that was during the day, and I didn't feel it. It was not in Rome. It was it was um, it was further away than this one, but there was a shock, and most people felt it. But for some reason, I don't feel earthquakes unless they're happening where where I am. I don't know what my problem is. But so I didn't wake up. It was about three thirty in the morning, and my husband didn't wake up either. But Aurelio woke up actually, and he. He woke up screaming, hmm. uh, which is not really normal for him. He usually wakes up and looks around and, and starts babbling. So he, he woke up screaming, which I still am not sure that it was the earthquake. It could have been just a nightmare that occasionally happens. But the funny thing is, right after he woke up, Claudio got a text message from someone about the earthquake. And that's how we found out about it. In fact, we looked up at the ceiling light to see if it was swaying. It wasn't swaying anymore, so it must have happened maybe 10 minutes before that. But um, it seems like a coincidence that he would wake up screaming at this, like almost exactly the same time as the earthquake if it didn't cause it. I don't know if it did or not, but another friend of mine who has a child about the same age said that he woke up as well. So maybe babies are just more sensitive to these things. I don't know. Oh, babies and dogs, right? <laughs> Perhaps. I didn't find out until the next day the extent of the damage I'm sure all of you know, I know that it's been reported around the world that it was a pretty devastating earthquake. And it wasn't that far from Rome. It was about 100 kilometers northwest of the city. There's been a lot of loss of life and a lot of loss of the artistic heritage in some very beautiful and historic little towns. It's been a real tragedy, as, um, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. Now, had you been to any of those towns? I haven't, although Claudio actually has been to one that was very close to the epicenter. It was maybe like one town over, a town called Ilica. Basically, one of his two best childhood friends, their grandparents were from there, and they still maintained the grandparents' home. In Italy, usually you don't sell your property, so if your grandparents you know, have a home even after they die, it stays in the family. You don't generally sell the home, uh, especially if it's in the town where your your family is from, in this case, the small town of Ilica. So the home was still there, and Claudio had been there to visit when he was um, a teenager. And the good news is that no one was there. His friend's uncle 
was there with his children until the day before vacationing and he left I guess on Monday and the earthquake was on Monday night or I think maybe he left on Sunday I can't remember the details but um sad thing is that the home was completely destroyed along with a lot of others of course it's a tragedy but at the same time it's a miracle that um that no one was there mm-hmm. other than that I don't really have any ties to anyone although several people that I know do it's kind of like one of those one degree of separation if you don't you necessarily know someone who is who is affected but you know at least one person who knows someone who was affected right uh, when these kinds of things happen so yeah it's um like any tragedy it's horrible but it's also inspiring to see the whole country is really coming together over this there's this famous dish called amatriciana katie i'm sure you had amatriciana when you were in rome oh i have oh yes so do you know the story behind it? No, I don't. So a matriciana is basically a spaghetti with tomato sauce and guanciale. Bacon. Yeah, bacon, the, the cheek of the of, of the bacon, of the, the cheek of the pig. <laughs> and it's very popular in Rome. It's one of the number one classic Roman dishes. And it comes from the town of Amatrice, as the name suggests. And it's this small town about an hour north of here. And that town is where it was invented. And that was one of the cities that was struck the hardest. I don't want to say completely wiped out, but almost completely. The mayor made a statement the morning after the earthquake saying that the city was gone, that it was no longer. This dish is so popular, especially in Rome, but you know they serve it around the country. It's so popular that all the restaurants in the country have decided that I don't know for how long, I don't know if it's something they're going to do for a week or for a month or for a year, I don't know. But they've all decided that every time anyone orders a matriciana, the, um, they will charge the patron one extra euro and the owner will pay one euro as well on every dish and that will be sent for relief for the people of Amatrice. Hmm. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. So these are kind of like the heartwarming stories that do come out after these kinds of things happen. Yeah. That town is the one that in the local national papers in the United States is getting the most attention. It's probably the most beautiful of those little towns, the most characteristic, the most medieval. And so, I mean, obviously the loss of life is the most devastating thing, but the loss of the artistic heritage is also absolutely devastating. Several important churches. I mean, it's a small town, but Nevertheless, it had some important 15th century and 16th century churches that were destroyed. And um, and so it's it's just tragic. Yeah, it's tragic all around. Someone here was pointing out there's been a lot of coverage in the United States about this earthquake and all over Europe. The Guardian, the BBC, they're all over it, of course. And someone pointed out to me the other day that in the grand scheme of things... Of course, there have been much bigger earthquakes that have killed more people in other parts of the world that didn't get the same level of coverage, mm-hmm. which is an ongoing debate, of course, when it comes to the media about what you cover and why and all that. But I do think that it has something to do with 
the love affair that America has with Italy. Absolutely, yeah. Or that the world has with Italy. That's somehow different than other countries. And of course, it's it's bigger issues than that that I don't really want to get into because it's super late your time and I barely slept last night. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't want to tread into all the racism and war and all that stuff quite yet. But I do think it is partly having to do with that love affair of these beautiful little towns that are almost like fairy tales and and watching it get wiped off the earth is just so tragic. I know, especially when you think about this city has been there for how many years? How many years has it been just like this? How long have these churches been standing and now they're gone? Mm-hmm. But as you said, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to downplay what happened in any way. I can't remember the latest count on the the victims. I, I think it's close to 300. Yeah, it's close to 300. The biggest earthquake that has happened in Italy since the turn of the ninth, of the 20th century was at the very tip of the boot, the toe of the boot of Italy, and a little bit of Sicily as well. And it happened in 1908, and 80,000 people died. Hmm. Wow. So, I mean, that really puts it in perspective. I mean, again, I'm not saying that, you know, it's not a horrific tragedy that that 300 people died, of course, but 80,000 people died. I don't know if that was just because there were more populated areas or because the buildings were not safe, but I have been to the city of Messina, which is the city on the northeastern corner of Sicily, which was basically where the epicenter of that earthquake was. And the entire city was rebuilt. Nothing survived. Wow. Absolutely nothing. The Duomo was built exactly as it was, but it's, it was built in the 1900s, not in you know the 1600s or wherever, whenever it had been originally built. And then, this is weird, I guess Sicily is, is quite earthquake prone. There was also a terrible earthquake in, I want to say, 1599, in the southeastern corner of Sicily. Well, the city hardest hit was the city of Noto. And it's a small town near Syracuse. That city was completely destroyed as well. And what they did was they rebuilt the city, but in the in the new style, in the modern style, which was Baroque. If you're familiar with Baroque, you know it's very ornate. It's very garish some would say it's very garish some people don't like it but it can it, when it's done right it can be very beautiful i mean rome is very baroque yeah. because so much of rome was renovated let's say in the 1600s but anyway this town was completely rebuilt from the ground up in the early the first decade of the 1600s i went there several years ago when i was visiting sicily and it is a jewel of a town it's all the same color it's all like this sort of off white and it's all baroque and it's gorgeous it makes you think sometimes i mean it's weird it's you have to have like 500 years of distance to be able to look at a tragedy like this in such a kind of cold light but to look and say oh my gosh you know this is a beautiful town if it if it hadn't been for the earthquake this town wouldn't exist like the way it is right now hmm. what town is that again in case people want to go it's called noto n-o-t-o uh, it's a very small town you, you could probably see it in an afternoon but it's it's absolutely lovely because it's all in this one same style. So did it make you worried at all? Sometimes when an earthquake hits, it makes you feel like 
oh no, <laughs> I live in an earthquake zone. I mean, you don't feel the earthquake, but it makes it all the more real. And the southern part of Italy is much more earthquake prone than, say, if you were living up in the north. <laughs> I don't know. Does it make you worry? There actually were a series of terrible earthquakes in the north about three years ago, I want to say, in Emilia-Romagna. But yes, you're right. The earthquake zone here is definitely down the west coast, but from Rome southward towards Sicily. And I was talking to Claudio about this. I had heard or studied, I can't remember, that even though there's a lot of earthquake, there's a lot of faults and seismic activity in the southern half of Italy and around Rome, in Rome itself, there's like a pocket where it's really not seismic. In addition to that, he pointed out that because Rome is completely hollow underneath, you know, Rome is built on top of ruins. And so that means there's tons and tons of empty space under the city. Yeah. And he said that, I mean, and we are not scientists, okay? So This may make no sense at all. This, Well, not only may it may not make no sense, it could be, you know, we could be just talking out of our asses. You know, I don't know if, if either of us are actually right on this. So, so verify us before you quote us to your friends. But his take on that was that because there isn't a lot of, there's not a lot of earth right underneath the city. Even if there were an earthquake, it would have to be so far underground that it wouldn't cause as much damage as this earthquake, which was very, very shallow. It was only three kilometers underground, they say. Now, I don't know what any of that means. I mean, I think I read somewhere the average is 10, so I, I don't know. But he seemed to think that Rome would probably not be likely to suffer that kind of an earthquake. There, there have been two major earthquakes in Rome, one in the 1300s and one in the 1600s when a whole bunch of the Colosseum fell down. Right. <laughs> but since then, there, have, there hasn't been anything. Knock on wood, of course. Yeah. Seattle is also sitting right on the fault line. Yeah, I think I'd be more worried if I were in Seattle, quite frankly. Uh, yes. I, a, a book came out last year that just scared the pants off everybody, which I think was called something like Full Rip 9.0, and it was all about how we're all doomed. Oh, God. <laughs> Basically. One of the fault lines runs, from my understanding, right down underneath the freeway. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So it is something that, that we think about here a lot, and we have a few structures that are particularly dangerous, one of which being the viaduct, which is a elevated freeway that runs along the waterfront, which got seriously damaged in an earthquake that we had in 2001, I believe, which I did feel, by the way. It got really damaged and they were they said, "Well, we have to take it down. It's unsafe." And ever since then, we've been trying to figure out a way to get it down and replaced. And Seattle works very slowly. So it's still standing and we still drive on it every day. Oh, it's still in use. Wow. It's still in use. Yeah, I'm sure they did some retrofitting, but it's still considered deadly dangerous oh my gosh it's not that we don't take it we do but every time you're on it you're like not now not now not now not now <laughs> why 9.0 like where did he get this number oh i don't know i didn't read the book i don't need to know that i don't want to know that i mean half of living here half of living anywhere where a catastrophic earthquake is possible is denial yeah i and you're also playing the odds it's not like an earthquake happens constantly. It's not like tornado season. Honestly, I think that if you sit and look at statistics, and this is what I always say, whenever I, I start to 
get worried about something, whether it's terrorism or uh, or a natural disaster or something, I always say it is more likely that I will die crossing the street in front of my apartment. Yeah, yeah, that's a perky thought. <laughs> if you look at the odds, that's where it's going to happen, or in a, or driving, driving around. None of us sit and think. Every time we're in a car, not now, not now, not now, not now. I don't want to get in an accident. Or every time we walk down the street, we don't think, oh, my God, I might go. You know, these catastrophes kill hundreds and sometimes thousands of people. And that makes it scarier. Whereas, you know, if someone died crossing the street, you probably wouldn't hear about it. But it might happen to more people in one year than people who die in earthquakes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. My friend Steve Scher got hit by a car this summer, which I told you about. Yeah. While he was on his bike. How's he doing? Oh, he's doing much better now. That's yeah, good. He's on the mend. He is almost back to his former self with some things that will probably never quite heal. All that said is in part of this accident, he, of course, has had a lot of contact with a police officer that investigates these accidents. And his whole job is to investigate vehicle human collisions. And Steve said, oh, really? That's a whole job that you just investigate this? There's enough of these in the city for this to be your entire job? And he said, yeah, there's about four a day on average. Oh, my gosh. Four a day? Mind-blowing. I wonder how many there are in Rome. Probably thousands. Thousands a day. (laughs) Have I ever told you that in Vietnam, at least the way that it used to be, was that when you were assessing who was at fault for an accident... The person who is in the more expensive of the vehicles is to blame. Oh my goodness, that's interesting. Yeah, so if a bicyclist hits a pedestrian, the bicyclist is at fault. If a car hits a bicycle, the car is at fault. Or if the bicycle hits the car, the car is still at fault. Oh, really? Or a motor scooter. If a motor scooter collides with a car, you know, the car is at fault. That's an odd way of doing things. (laughs) Well, it probably has something to do with just monetary resources. But it also makes everybody slow down uh-huh. because you're surrounded by pedestrians, bicyclists, motorbikes, cars, you know, and they're all in one space in driving in every which way. <laughs> and so you have to be a little bit more cautious because you might be to blame at any moment, really. Yikes. Unless you're a pedestrian. I guess you're never to blame. Well, maybe that would encourage more people to go by foot or by bike at max. Yeah, except you have to walk into 17 lanes of traffic as a pedestrian. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the pedestrians are like in the, in the middle of the, the highway? Well, like yeah, the yeah. Cars on either well, side? Yeah, then not a highway, but like in, yeah, in any busy street, there are pedestrians all over the road. The trick there is you just have to walk at one pace. Don't speed up. Don't slow down because they're all measuring how fast you're going. Ah, I see. But anyway, that's a side note. But you would never let the fact that, obviously you didn't let the fact that it's an earthquake zone keep you from living in a place. No, I don't think so. What about you? You live in an earthquake zone. I know, I guess not. Or maybe it's just like the pull of familiarity keeps you here. I think there's got to be some kind of risk every single place that you would go yeah you're not in an earthquake zone you're in a tornado zone if you're not in a tornado zone you're in a hurricane zone flooding or you're in a flood zone mother nature will find you wherever you are yeah i know we like to think we're so strong and powerful don't we but you really don't have control when it comes to the earth no i used to live in minnesota so that was in a tornado zone and i do have to say i don't miss sitting in a closet all night long waiting for a tornado to pass through town (sighs) 
No. Or laying on the floor of, of a basement with blankets over my head. So, yeah, maybe you just assess your risks or annoyances. You just adapt. It becomes your reality and you learn how to uh, prevent as much as you can. Yeah. You just have to deal. Well, let's not end on that note, though. Let's end with another positive story. Have you heard anything else good about the way people are rallying to help the victims of this earthquake? I get uh, emails from lots of different press offices during my work. And I got an email from the Globe Theater of Rome, which I know sounds kind of weird that Rome has a Globe Theater, but we do. And they put on Shakespeare in Italian. But it's a really great little theater. It's an exact replica. On the 28th of August, all of their actors, their lighting people, everyone involved in that, they're not going to be paid, and all of the proceeds are going to relief funds. Also, some ex- some different museums in town and exhibits are doing the same, all on the 28th of August. I like that. I did see that there was the call for blood donation, too, over there. Yes, yes. Which we've talked about on the show. Well, not you and I, but when I had Marsha, the comedi- your co- comedian friend on, mm-hmm. we did an episode titled Blood that was all about the challenges of getting blood resources in Italy because blood donation's not as common there as it is in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. I have seen that, too. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. Uh, somewhat downer of a show, Last week's episode about tears and this week's episode about earthquakes. But that's the way life is. So <laughs> We'll try to bring you a happier episode next week. Yes, we'll leave it there. Happier episode next week. And if you want to do something to support the earthquake victims in Italy, we will put a link at our website to somewhere where you can donate. That's thebittersweetlife.net. All right, Tiffany, go get some sleep. <laughs> I might go take a nap. And I'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Bye. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.